and welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Gavin Berry and once again I'm delighted to say I'm joined by two esteemed record sport writers, Scott Burns and Fraser Wilson. Andy Newport and Scott McDermott have taken the Easter week off, guys, so mm. I think they're both kicking about down Blackpool somewhere with a kiss and quick hats. Lucky them. Uh, what's that? Lucky them. Lucky them, lucky them. So they've taken the week off and uh, there's not been much happening since they've gone, really, has there? <laughs> so there's a lot to unpack, a lot to unpack, an old firm game as usual. Um, an incident packed one three two to Celtic moves them twelve points clear of Rangers in the Scottish Premiership. But there's been such a fallout from it, Fraser. Um, most most of it centres around the decision twenty minute mark to disallow Alfredo Morelos' goal from the corner. Uh, Kevin Clancy uh, blows whistle said he'd fouled Alistair Johnson as they jostled for um, Bonabaris' corner. Now, there's a lot happened since then, which we'll go into, but let's just start with with the actual decision because there's so much has stemmed from this. Now, do you think Evan Clancy was right to disallow the goal or did you think there was no foul committed by Alfredo Morales? I think it is absolutely borderline, this one. If anything... I just edged towards the um, towards the fact that I think it should have been a goal. Just the key. My, my first instinct. I mean, I saw it in real time. Morelos had two hands in Johnson, and I thought, well, he's got that decision right. But then, obviously, when you see the replays coming in, and that's what VAR would have looked at, um, you can clearly see that Johnson's got a right good grip his jersey first. So, if you ask me if I think it's fair, I think Morelos, given he had a better line to attack the ball. And Johnson probably knew that. I think Morelos is simply trying to shrug himself free from being held to then win the header as he did. I think I can see why it was disallowed. It's very close, but I, I, I just uh, just err towards side with Rangers in this one. That um, I think they were harshly done by. Yeah, Scott. I mean, at the time, Ali McCoyst on co-commentary and also Andy Walker, both very critical. More of that. I mean. I must admit, my own opinion is that also, as Fraser said, when you're looking at it from Kevin Clancy's angle, you can see why he's blowing the whistle. But And Michael Beale also said after the game, he was more annoyed with VAR. Alan McCoy and Andy Walker were the same, saying they should have called Kevin Clancy over to have a look at it in the monitor. Stuart Dougal then said yesterday that was not possible because it wasn't a clear and obvious error. So do you think actually it's the, the protocol or, or do you think you could have called him over? I mean, is there anything? To- I think Stuart Dougal's spot on the money there. It's the protocol. It's got to be a clear and obvious error. Yeah. I, I think looking at that decision, you can you can argue it from either side. Yes. From, from a defensive point of view, there's a foul there. From a attack point of view, there's a foul against the striker. I think it's 50-50. But the fact is, there are so many people who are actually saying the goal should have stood because both were given as good as it as they got, you know what I mean? Alfredo and Alistair Johnson were both, both that's it. And I even mm-hmm. spoke to former Celtic striker Charlie Nicholas the other day, and he was adamant it was a goal, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this is one that, it's a very grey area, it just divides opinions, mm-hmm. and it depends on on your individual view. But in terms of the VAR, I don't see how they, it didn't look like a clear and obvious error. Mm-hmm. The point is, 
everyone's talked about it and everyone's got a different view of it. Yeah. It's not like black, it's like this is definitely a fill or this yeah. is definitely not a fill. So yeah. that, that's the issue and that's the grey area and that's the issues that always have to come up with the VAR. Yeah. Fraser, I heard a couple of people saying what, what Kevin Clancy could have done was just let the goal stand and then let VAR sort it out. It'd be interesting to know what uh, decision with the committee there, there wouldn't it? Yeah. The clearing of it, Sarah, thing Scott rightly points out, you can just keep arguing down the levels about what is clear and obvious. I mean, the fact we're talking about it and it's for what four days or three days, four days on, we're still talking about it, doesn't mean it was a clear and obvious error. Yeah. As both said, it was borderline. So I think that in itself says it's not clear and obvious. Kevin Clancy clearly thought he saw a push, which he did. He didn't see what came before that. And that's why um, he made the decision he did and Var stuck by it. Yeah, of course. Okay, so we're saying it was hard to rule the goal out. A lot has happened since on Monday night. Um, well, sorry, on Saturday night, actually, maybe it came out, the story that Rangers were writing to the SFE looking for an explanation. Um, Chris Boyd said at the time, I think the next day, Chris Boyd was on Sky Sports and said, his old club were wasting their time. What did, they, what did they expect the SFA to say? Rangers have since said they've been astonished by the reply they got the SFA saying that Kevin Clancy was right. What do you think, Fraser, in terms of writing to the SFA? Did you expect anything else in reply than for them to back their man? Well, it's not a new phenomenon writing to the SFA uh, mm-hmm. uh, to try and get clarity and referee decisions. I think it happens most weeks with different clubs, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Go back to Rangers' eight-point letter over, I can't mind which referee it was now, but it was an Aberdeen game, wasn't it? Are you, are, you joking, are you joking when you say you can't remember which referee? Go on, remind us, Gav. Uh, Kevin, it's Kevin Clancy. I, I wasn't joking, I had a fair, <laughs> had a fair <laughs> idea it was, but I didn't want to be wrong in that. Well, I'm sorry, I thought you were kidding on for a no, minute. No, not at all, so I'm glad yeah. you cleared that one up, Gavin. Sorry, um, there's a common denominator here. Uh, I think every club will have had a, 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 at least one letter into the SFA this season. Um, what they get in response is normally kept um, private. So Rangers have had the response, they're not happy with it. But um, mm-hmm. what else can they hope for? I think, Michael, was it um, they referred to the case down in England this week where uh, the yeah. Refugees Association admitted there'd been a mistake made? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a, an admission of an error, but. Yeah. But as we've both argued, or all three of us have argued here, it wasn't a clear nobis error, so there's nothing really here for the SFA to admit. So, really, it's really much ado about nothing, although we're still talking about it four days on. What's the bigger What's the bigger issue? The fact that Rangers players made two far bigger errors than yeah. the SFA. Well, we'll get to that, Scott. Also, as part of the SFA's statement, um, yeah. On Monday night, they said that um, they've now gone to the police. There have been threats made to Kevin Clancy and uh, his family, I believe it was his wife. Personal details and professional details were posted online. And um, so he's received some threats, which Rangers also condemned as part of a statement. And I suppose it goes without saying that can't, we can't have that, can we? There's got to be a line. It's a football game at the end of the day. Definitely not. I mean, that's if we want to have people to officiate our games in the future. Mm-hmm. But for young kids coming through, want to become referees and that, they're thinking, yeah, well, I want to get involved in that. 
we, we can't have it. Without, without the officials, we've got no game. That's the bottom line. You know what I mean? We need yeah. them at the heart of it. Like, it's an impossible position being a referee, regardless of what team you support. You know what I mean? You're always going to get it in the neck. But to get a line certainly been crossed with the personal abuse and the, the stuff being leaked to emails and whatever. I mean, some of the messages have been were horrendous by all accounts. You know what I mean? There's, yeah. no, there's no place for that in Scottish football. And any, any so-called supporter who's associated with it or done anything like that should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah. And even and if, if they're found guilty, certainly should be banned from, from, from football games. Well, I see um, Steve Conroy, the ex-referee, was saying that today, you know, that Rangers should be, you know, issuing lifetime bans to anyone found guilty. Obviously, it's a police matter now. Uh, I mean, he touched on a bit about what you said about, um, you know, it, it would maybe put people off pursuing a career and in, 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 uh, becoming an official. You, you, you watch a lot of boys club football, don't you? And do you see that kind of abuse on a Sunday morning and... What do you think young referees would think looking at this? Is, would they be saying, is this worth it? I mean, I, I mean, I, 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 both my boys play football at the, at the weekends. I, I watch mm-hmm. a lot of the sort of amateur and juvenile football. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, there, is, there is a lot of flashpoints with referees. You know I mean, even going back, rolling back the years when I played myself, you know, you, you could see arguments and bus up. Usually be the same, you know what I mean, with mm-hmm. the referees. But I see that the, was it the Referees Association yesterday put a statement out that certainly talked to you saying there was more abuse. I think there's probably been more abuse in the last couple of years or so. And it's probably got worse since mm-hmm. a long time. There seems mm-hmm. to be more of an anger within society and people want to vent things, whether that's online or whether that's in football matches, even mm-hmm. at, at the grassroots level. Yeah. Fraser, you mentioned earlier individual errors, referring to Ben Davies and John Souter, uh, huge blunders which led to two of the, the Celtic goals. In general terms, but over the piece, taking those two errors out of it, I mean, Rangers put on a display which maybe many didn't expect, no away fans, a lot of people, in the way that they've lost at Parkhead in recent games, um, people thought that they maybe would take a bit of a hammering. It didn't turn out like that. What did you think of the overall performance from Rangers? How impressed and surprised were you by it? It's a huge missed opportunity, and I mean that, and uh, that, that's a compliment because mm-hmm. uh, so much was written about the sixty thousand Celtic fans, the hundred percent home support, the, mm-hmm. the pressure that I put in Rangers, the, the benefits we have for Celtic. For large spells at nil nil and one one, the atmosphere was flat. It was like somebody pulled the plug out in this apparent electric Celtic park, and that was down to Rangers' shape. They're pressing. I was really, really impressed with it. I mean, they managed to press without leaving themselves vulnerable. I thought they looked really comfortable. And then to fight back from losing the first goal the way they did, and then again look comfortable. Um, I think it's a big missed opportunity. One, because they've been going into the game looking, obviously, they cut the gap to six points and try and keep that wee flicker of a title hope alive. But but more, more than that, I reckon, they laid down a marker ahead of the, the Scottish Cup semi and show that aye, they can go toe-to-toe with a Celtic side uh, and in their own backyard. I think the performance almost deserved to do that, to, to take a draw. Mm-hmm. As you say, it's come down to two, two horrendous mistakes, defensive mm-hmm. mistakes. I actually thought um, first one was worse than Suitors. You can understand Suitors just been caught at the wrong angle a wee bit and being very lax of days ago in the, the back pass, which is unforgivable, but 
Davis ducking out with that header the way he did, I, I couldn't quite believe it. Just two really cheap goals to give away. Michael Beale must be furious. Yeah, Scott, I mean, a lot of, before it, you know, the, the, the hope for Rangers to win the game and cut the gap to six, and it was all about, you know, going towards that semi-final as well, which is now huge. The fact that Rangers played well but lost, do you think that will give them belief going to Hamden or psychologically scarred? I, I think it would be a positive effect. As you've touched on before, you mean they've got a Celtic Park with no fans, everything against them. It's been yeah. a seat mentality. They've actually shown up quite well. Okay, a couple of errors have cost them. But if you look at the sides, there wasn't much between the sides. Mm-hmm. I would argue that maybe between the sides was maybe set up forward with the difference. Kyogo's yeah. got two goals. Mm-hmm. And obviously, maybe should have had the, the, the goal that stood. But Kyogo, when the goals come around, when the chances come around, he puts the ball away. And that's mm-hmm. the difference just now at that level. Yeah. For Rangers and Celtic, but in ter- I don't think they're far away. In, well, at the weekend they showed they weren't that far away. Yeah. Although Rangers did play quite well, I would say that Celtic weren't at their best. Exactly. Celtic have got more gears to go up. Yep. But it would certainly give Rangers hope going into this game at Hamden that if they can cut out the mistakes and take their chances, then they could get through to the final and to take one step further to retaining that the trophy that they're so desperate to keep. Yeah, because um, I think that's what Barry Ferguson said, Fraser. He said that Bio proved the weekend he knows how to set his team up tactically against Celtic because for long spells, a high intensity, aggressive approach knocked them out of their normal stride. So they've got the game plan now. Michael Bill seems to have the game plan. Do you think it'll just be a case of going to Hamden and saying, same again, guys, but just eradicate the errors? 100% eradicate the errors. Absolutely. But uh, Scott's bang on. I think I've said before in this podcast that the one big player Rangers are missing is that Kyogo type. And again, he made the difference on a Saturday there. So, one last big hurrah for Alfredo Morelos, perhaps, at Hamden. I thought he showed glimpses on Saturday of his, his old self. He certainly was a handful for Carter Vickers and Starfield. Put himself about and had a couple of right good opportunities. He got himself in the right position for that goal and was just unfortunate the decision went against him. Yeah. So I, th- I think he proved he does still have it. Maybe one parting gift for the Rangers fans. See, I can agree with you, Fraser. Uh, I mean, I know I've read a few articles since Saturday of you know people saying that proves that this is the end. You know that that, that proves that he's got nothing more to offer. I, I thought we were going Ryan Kent again. No. Yeah, there were one thing. Obviously, these two have always been limited because of the contract situation. But it was like, yeah, it's the end for Kane and Morelos. But I, I thought Morelos, I think played okay. I think it's no matter what his personal situation is at the club and that, blah blah blah. I think every time he goes on to park against Celtic, if he, he, he has the fire in the belly, doesn't he? He yeah. wants to prove something, and maybe Hamden is his last chance to do that. I, I definitely, as you said, Gav, I thought he was more like his old self and he put himself about and caused a bit of bother on Saturday. But it's just not got that flash of brilliance that Kyogo's got. Yeah. I don't think he's fat enough. Well, it's definitely. He's still not He's not at the levels he should be. To be a top striker that we know he is capable of, he's just still not there. He looks a bit sharper than his previous weeks, but he's still, I would say, a shadow of the, the Alfredo Morales of the past. And whether mm-hmm. he can get that between now and the end of the season, I'm not sure. Has he lost? Because obviously he's out of contract. He's thinking about what happens next. Likelihood is he's probably going to move on. 
But then again, if he puts himself, if that's well, in the, puts himself in the shop window. It depends on his mindset. We don't know what his mindset is. Yeah. How much? Um, I mean, it seems that this is the nature of the old fella, but it seems almost ridiculous given given his record. But as we all know, the harsh reality of the old firm is you're judged against the other, and it's now three games for Michael Beale against Celtic. I mean, he's won all his other league games, all his other games. Um, but this record against Celtic, and there's now a fourth game coming up, and there'll be another post-split league game. I mean, how much pressure do you think is on Michael Beale, or is it far too early, or or, or is there right to be sort of questions asked that if he failed to win in the remaining two old firm games, that he's going to start next season? Uh, under real pressure it's never too early is it I mean no matter he's got a 100% record against everyone else in the league mm-hmm. it, all comes to, it all comes down to his record against Celtic that's just the way it is in Scottish football for the big two and to have um, to have lost two and drawn one now getting my, my numbers wrong there to have lost two and drawn one yes lost two and drawn one yes he, he needs it can't, can't go four Without victory, meaning they'd be dumped out of the Scottish Cup and end the season trophyless. Yes. Without the pressure already being ramped up. I mean, it'll be more than half a year into the, the job by the end of this season. Yeah. So he's got to lay down a marker against Celtic. I mean, his words when he first came in was there wasn't too much needing fixed, if I'm, mm-hmm. if my yeah. me correct. That's right. So, so if that's the case and he's got five chances to prove it against Celtic, he needs to take at least one. And Hamden, Hamden's a big the big one that, that's one that will take them to the, the verge of a trophy this season against Inverness or Falkirk in the final yeah Brian Loudrop in his column uh, in the Daily Mail today uh, Scott was talking about Brian Kent Malik Tillman and Todd Cantwell um, he's identified them as being uh, well, I think he said they were better without the ball than with it uh, better without the ball than with it. How disappointed were you with that attacking trio? I know we mentioned Relos and Kyogo maybe being the difference. Um, how disappointed were you? Did, you? did you hope for more? You have to give a mention to Nicholas Raskin, obviously another one of the new boys who did who did perform well and got a lot of applauds. But did you hope for more from them? Cantwell, Tillman, Kent? I think you're always looking for your so-called game changers, which they all fall into that category. You're mm-hmm. looking for them to produce in the big games. That's the ones that Rangers have invested in heavily over the years with Kent. And they uh, obviously Michael Beale was brought in, Todd Cantwell, uh, and Malik Tillman was there before. But they're paying decent money for these guys and they're looking for some, some magic at the top end of the park. So th- these are the games that matter for Rangers. And the fact is they've been quiet in them. It's a disappointment. But at the end of the day, as well, you've also got to remember that Celtic are a very good team as well. They're a yeah. team who dominate possession and are very hard to play against. Yeah. But you, you are looking for more creative, more, more of a creative spark from yeah. the top end. And especially the jury's always out in Ryan Kent. We know what he's capable of. Mm-hmm. But so many times he's just fallen short. Obviously, he's out of contract in the summer. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he, it's a Conor Goldson type thing. Well, the sounds are that, you know, it's, it's open to debate whether he stays or goes. I still mm-hmm. think he might remain next season under Michael Beale. And I yeah. think back on a Goldson moment. So I think, you know what I mean? We're the last minute. And then they'll say, oh, by the way, Ryan Kent's extended his contract. I genuinely yeah. think that might happen. Good chance. 
that, that's interesting because I think the majority of people just assume that he is for the off. But do you think do you think fans want him to stay him now? I mean, uh, well, presumably Michael Beale will because he's obviously such a huge fan of him. You just wonder whether it's going beyond now. It's like, is it going too far? Can it? Can you get it back? You know, like when you've been off the boil for so long, do you think we're still Michael Beale could get him back to his best? Well, if Michael Beale can't unlock the talent, yeah. very few people can. I think yeah, that's true. He, he knows him well as a kid. Knows yeah. his family. He'd be the perfect one to take him to the yeah. next level. And yeah. I think I think he'll. Tillman's an, a different one as well. He, he's a good player. Obviously, Rangers have got the transfer in, in place, haven't they, for the summer? Yeah. Take a lot of money to try and get that to happen, but it depends on what sort of transfer budget Rangers have got, whether they can afford to spend that on one player or how many changes does Michael Beale need to make come the summer. I think those are the issues, but Cantwell's obviously signed up long term and he's one that Michael Beale will probably build his team around. Yeah. Fraser. Todd Catwell said on his own Instagram, I think, on Sunday, oh, Celtic didn't win the game. We lost, Rangers lost it. He's taking a wee bit of stick for that. I mean, Chris Sutton in his record sport column today has said he sort of can't believe that the Rangers rhetoric, you know, it's like, it's, you know, we'll do it next time. Or we were better. It was the refereeing decisions and, do you think things like that help? So he was on in a flash, wasn't he, on Twitter? <laughs> I think he responded within two seconds, I can't wait, well tweet. <laughs> but it's great, it's great fun, isn't it, for guys like us? Um, but I sort of understand what Cantwell means. They did throw the game away, as, I, as I've said, this whole podcast, it was there for them, and two massive mistakes has cost them. But, Professionally, you've got to keep those sort of thoughts to yourself, haven't you? Because it does nobody any favours. I mean, it was only going to end in one way, and that's ridicule when it when it took to Twitter. I forgot what your original question was there, Gavin. Sorry. I was only saying that, not just as you say, was it sort of was it ill advised? Is it Aye. Well, no harm done, really. It just plays into the hands of those wanting ridicule and make fun and take pot shots. Put, put extra pressure on yourself going into that next well, game. Well, he'll probably back himself. He seems a colourful character, doesn't he? That he'll, he likes the focus to be on him, so he'll probably back himself to go out of hand in and, and, and prove the doubters wrong. But, well, that's up to him. So let's see if he can do it. Yeah. And then now, Scott... Oh, I like a bit of that gallusness, guy. Yeah. Yeah. A bit, a bit of a swagger, if you can back ah. it up. Ah, you will. Exactly. And the pr- he still would prove that, isn't he? So let's see what happens. Yeah. Scott, just finally then, obviously, I mean, last week there was so much drama and, and controversy and all that. Now, in terms of the league, it's a 12-point gap. There's not much Rangers can really do other than just sort of keep trying to win. They're at home to St Mirren on Saturday and then final game before the split away to Aberdeen on a Sunday afternoon. How hard is it going to be? I suppose everything centres around this semi-final now. How hard is it going to be? How flat is it going to be at Ibrox on Saturday? And how is Michael Beale, how hard a job is he going to have to lift everyone? He's going to have to lift them, but it's Rangers. And regardless of who you're playing and what's at stake, fans still expect to win games, you know what I mean? That's the bottom line. That expectation is always there when you pull on that blue shirt, you know what I mean? Uh, Rangers will want to win every game between now and the end of the season regardless of whether 
they won't, they'll certainly want to close that gap in, on Celtic. They won't want, want the gap at the top to get any bigger. Uh, but in terms of the two games before the split, it's two pretty tough games. I mean, the two teams that are in form in St. Werner are right there in the mix down in the top six, pushing for Europe. Aberdeen, Aberdeen are now up. Aberdeen yeah. in the third spot now. So yeah. it's two of the toughest challenges you, you can get in the league outside Celtic at this moment in time. So the, Celt- the Rangers players are going to be have, have to be at a decent level because anything's short and they could drop more points. Yeah. Okay, right, well, let's oh, see what happens. Sorry, what are you going to say? Let me edit this bit out if you don't know the answer. It's Gallus. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> why, why are Rangers going to Pitodry twice in a row? Do you, do you have a, a reason for that? Twice in a row? Well, um, they were there in December and the uh-huh. first game of the season was at Ibrox. Pitodry mm-hmm. in December, now Pitodry again. They played in between, though. There's another game at Ibrox in between? No, they won 5-1 back in October. Uh-huh. Ibrox and then two late goals under Michael Beale at Petodre in his second game in charge. Uh-huh. Then there was a the Hamden game, obviously, but now they're back at Petodre again. So it's two in a row at Petodre, which I don't quite understand. So that means, but then they'll get the next one, won't they? Ibrox. I know, I know. Probably. I don't mind that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Hang on, is that definitely the case? Because Gio Van Bronckhorst was in charge when they pumped Aberdeen 5 1 at Ibrox. That's right. And then it was Petodre January. last January. 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 Good one. January. January. You're right, actually. That's a good point. I know I'm right. That's unusual. Sorry, you're absolutely bang on. I, I don't know why that is, but you're right. That's, that's unusual. Aye, that is unusual. Must be a reason, but I've not seen it. Why? Oh, no, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Was that game in December? Ah, uh, was wasn't it? Ah, uh, so it should have been Audrey first. Was it the Queen? No, no. That's what it was. Right. It was weekend at Queen's funeral, was it not? That's right. So that's right. It would have been there. Oh, Henrik. No, no, keep it in. No, 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 no. You need to keep it in because people will be. You need to keep that in. That's your question answered for well done, well done. More trivia next week. More trivia uh, next uh, week. I'll be over to you in Great stuff. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you, Scott. Thank you. Thank you.